Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And today I'm joined by my really good friend, Jody Kidd, who was, well, discovered at the age of 15 by the famous photographer, Terry O'Neill, and um, was soon walking all the international runways as a top model, opening for likes of Givenchy, Alexander McQueen, and so many more. And now Jody is a TV host, personality, and finalist on Celebrity MasterChef. My God, Jody, you've done so much. Yep. Jack, Jack of all trades. I mean, I'm also a landlady because I bought my local pub. I read so I can, that. I, I can throw that one into the whole <laughs> the whole madness of, of my career. I mean, I love that because honestly, going from sort of being an international model and traveling the world and then moving to the country and you're still only 43, right? Yeah. Moving to the country, buying a pub and settling down, sort of getting rid of that sort of life is a massive change, but one that I really don't blame you in doing. Why yeah. did you end up sort of what, you know, going from that sort of glamorous lifestyle to sort of move? And I, it's not that I don't love the country. I grew up in the country, love the country. My parents yeah. still live there, but it's a massive change. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of forced to, because I started modeling the mid nineties and it was, you know, it was a fantastic time to be part of that kind of British scene. You had a, the best designers from Alexander McQueen and, and, you know, and the best hair and makeup artists, the best models. And there was like, you know, the music scene was incredible, everything. And it was really kind of a very, very cool time. It was the wave be, time, wasn't it? It was like the Uber was, supermodel wave time, which you don't really yeah. have anymore. No, it kind of came out of that supers period. And then it went into the kind of the very wafy thing, which is when I came in kind of shortly after Kate. And then it was just, it was just wild. It was utterly wild. We were flying Concorde around the world. I was literally shooting in Japan one day. Then I was walking, opening Chanel the next day in Paris. And then it was, it was, I was doing up to 
10 shows a day. I did a lot, a lot of catwalks. So that was kind of predominantly what I was doing on top of, you know, shooting a lot of editorial. So it was, it was really intense. It was completely bonkers. It was a lot. And at that time I was probably only 16, 17. And I started kind of not sleeping very well. And I think that's because I was, you know, there was huge kind of pressures on, you know, someone that's just come out of a country boarding school that wanted to ride horses and grew our own vegetables. And, you know, it was a very much kind of farming country lifestyle. And then thrust into this kind of wonderful madness of, of you know, the very top end of the fashion industry. And I started not sleeping well. Then that kind of led to anxiety, but I didn't know that that was anxiety at the time. And that then, you know, I then started not eating well, not sleeping well. And I kind of started this really negative spiral until I got full-blown kind of panic attacks after, after you know, many years of going, what on earth is going on with heart palpitations, sweaty palms, you know, kind of going, what is going on? I was, thought I was dying. So I, I said, I can't, I can't do this. I remember doing my last ever catwalk in Milan and I was walking halfway down the catwalk and I suddenly, everyone was staring at me. And I don't know if anyone's ever, that, that might be watching this or listening to this has ever had anxiety and you just got to get out of there. You just like the whole place is imploding. And I literally turned around halfway down the catwalk, ran off, went straight to the airport and never did a catwalk again. So it really got very, very bad. And so I thought the only way I can think I can cure myself is moving back out to the country, getting around horses again, being around nature and trees and eating well. And I think, you know, I very much kind of abused my body as in when we were traveling, which I was 24 seven, you couldn't stop and get a, you know, pret a manger nice salad. Or, you know, they didn't have access to, to kind of fast food that wasn't hamburgers. So we were kind of like grabbing McDonald's or Burger King or whatever that there was there. Which So I was feeding my body really badly. I was obviously having a lot of fun. And then, and then on top of that, just, you know, the pressures of the job. And so it imploded and I needed to get back to what I was, what I'm supposed to be doing, which is kind of sport and health and eating well and looking after myself and that. When I did that, then the brain readjusted. Got better. I mean, I literally just read actually yesterday. It was just it's nothing to do with you, but you know, I was looking at um, is it Justin Bieber's face? Yeah. Oh God, bless I know, him, bless I know. him. And then, and then, you know, I was just thinking exactly the same thing. This is from stress, and Haley Bieber just had a almost had a heart attack yeah. as well. I mean, you know, and no. they're what in their their twenties, aren't they? Twenties. It's madness. 20s. I mean, if that's not your body, both of you, but your body is telling you it's very bizarre for two young people to go through that. It really is. Yeah. But I mean, what age were you when you took that last catwalk? Gosh, probably about 22, 23. So I lived with it for a very long time because I, they didn't really understand. I went to I went to a doctor in Harley Street and I said, look, I'm, these things are happening. I'm not sleeping. I'm, you know, I'm now not eating. So I got really, really skinny. But it was because, not because I was anorexic or anything. I just- Nervous I energy. I constantly, yes, it, like in this fight or flight stage, the last thing I wanted to do was sit down and eat a great big meal. I was just like, and so uh, he was like, oh yes, you know, and no one talked about mental health. And so he just put me on beta blockers. And so I was like walking around like, oh my God, completely Dribbling. in this, 
yeah, just dri- literally dribbling. And I was like, right, that's not for me. So I came off those. So it was, it was a really tough time because people didn't talk about mental health, illnesses, anxiety, depressions. It was very much taboo. And so I felt that I was the only person in the world that was suffering it. I was completely alone, you know, and it was terrifying. Yes, yeah, so I, I kind of went through years of going, come on, Joe, you sort your head out. What's going on? And, but you're still um, a child. I mean, you know, that, I think that's what you what you forget. Like, I mean, although you were thrust into this world and a lot of the models that you were walking with were a lot older than you, I remember. And I mm. remember watching you and you were always so tiny, so Baby tiny. Face. And that's, you know, why you did so well as well. You were like this, yeah. you know, pony, like walking down yeah. this Hanger. It was amazing. I think Karl Lagerfeld called me a hanger. Oh, a did perfect he? hanger. Yeah. Well, you were. <laughs> you, like... I mean, you know, and I think at 16, when you're fresh out of school, as you said, I mean, you come from a very privileged background. So, you know, to go from that into this world where, I mean, are you treated differently? Is it just that are you just another number or is it just like we're just people taking advantage of you? Can you make a friend when you're traveling like that? Do you have friends? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, yes, I made great friends in in the industry, but it's you never really see them that much because you're constantly, you know, and I remember being a little tiny 15 year old on flights going off to these far flung places to do editorial shoots on some beach on some island to 18 flights to get there. You didn't have mobile phones. You didn't you know, it was kind of like you were really thrust into a very adult world at a very young age so you had to grow up really really quickly and that does put kind of pressure on you and it does put you know all of these added extra worries and anxieties and being you know very far away from home and I can't say anything bad about it because it is the most fantastic opportunity I got to meet incredible people work with incredible people do the most awesome things and so I can't, I can't, you know, slag it off at all. It was just the whole environment of the fashion industry is is quite toxic and it's quite negative when it comes to the models. And, you know, and they do, they there, there wasn't any support system back then. You know, nowadays there really is. And the, 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 the agencies are getting better. You know, the magazines are getting better, the, the designers. But back then you were just like, you were just a piece of meat, really. This is what sort of kicked off your book, Balance Your Life, really. Just, you know, from looking back now to yeah. where you are today, is it is yeah. it, you know, you wrote this book to sort of tell people that, you know, although that experience and everything it, like this, I mean, it's very hard to say no. And it was and what an incredible thing to to live through that to have a fulfilled life, you need to balance it. And every aspect, I mean, yeah. I'm learning that because I'm I mean, although I didn't do what you did. I did throw myself into my business life way too much. And I think, you know, everything else went to shit because that's all I cared about. Yeah, totally. I mean, yes. And and because I've spoken very openly about mental health, especially in the early days when people were still like, you know, God, going to the loony bin. And I'm like, no, you know, there's so many different levels of mental health and depression and anxiety and panic and so so I was always very very open about it and for me having to go through the whole process of I got myself better and you know it's a very individual thing mental health and everyone is you know there isn't an exact formula 
I knew what really helped me was a balance. You know, you can still go out and have great fun with your friends in the pub or, you know, I own a pub, so there's lots of days like that. But then have this balance, you know, make sure you get to the gym, make sure you eat well, make sure everything you're putting in is what you're asking your body to give out. And, and you know, just have, as I said, this balance. It's so, so key. And it's something that really helps my brain and if I'm you know an active strong body then I've got an active and strong brain it was just something that I thought I could use as a little steer for people to to you know if they are going through a few wobbles this is what I found helped me so let's take a little break from this episode because I want to quickly talk about something that most of us including myself face every single day The fact that we always have so much going on at the same time and there just never seems to be enough time. My schedule is insane. So when it comes to everyday hacks that help me save time and make my life easier, I'm all about it. And that's why I wanted to introduce you to my personal favorite meal delivery. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and saves you time-consuming trips to the grocery store so you can simply enjoy cooking, get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. How great is that? Let me tell you, when I'm running around non-stop meetings and trying to balance you know, the schedules of three teenagers, there's nothing better than coming home and being able to quickly whip up a meal. Do you have a packed schedule this fall? HelloFresh has meals covered with weekly selection of up to 30 recipes and 70 plus convenience items. All the things are delivered to your door. It is the best. One more thing. I really love to tell you that my favorites, well, I want to tell you my few favorites, which are rapid stir fry beef and mozzarella crusted chicken. Those are my two favorites from the recipe so far. And it doesn't take, you know, much to figure out these instructions. So you don't have to spend a lot of time on cooking. I mean, it's so super easy to follow. I'm totally obsessed and you will be too. So go to hellofresh.com slash dnd65 and use the code dnd65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com slash dnd65. Use code DND65 for 65% off plus free shipping. You can't ask for more than that. 65% off plus free shipping at HelloFresh.com. Use code DND65. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Let's get back to the show. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworkers' promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. So, I mean, obviously you're 43 and we're talking about when you were in your 20s. Mm. So I always wonder, because I can look at mental health and, and, and you know, myself and helicopter myself now and see all the things that I did wrong growing up and all of these kind of things. And 
hindsight mm. is always a wonderful thing, obviously. <laughs> but you feel like therapy did that for you? You don't feel like, I feel like I just grew up and I just understand myself better. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, God, therapy didn't really come until much later. I kind of went through all of the hard stuff kind of very much alone. And that's why I'm such a massive advocate on nature, being outside, you know, I would much prefer to have to commute than to live in a city because I know for me personally, going for a walk, being around trees, you know, being around animals, that's such a good balance for me to then, you know, jump in a race car and and fly around racetracks and, you know, have all this major adrenaline in my life and, you know, high pressure kind of jobs and having to, having to, you know, appear on TV and do live interviews and things like that. So, so I know that that's what really works for me but it's taken years and years it's taken that period of time to learn it and you know it's it's that's why I think it's really important that we can sit and talk about it and if someone goes oh do you know what that that might really work for me and you know if we can just help someone anyone you know then that's 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 a job well done that's what makes me also laugh about about you because I mean literally from going to Milan fashion weeks to whizzing round, you know in the most male world that you can absolutely find. Like if you paid me to go and do your job, I wouldn't do it. I've been once round a track and I wanted to die, literally die. It was the worst experience of my life. So the fact that you do this you know, weekly and daily, I, I just kept going, I'm a mom, I'm a mom, I want to get out. So like, do you think that was like a rebellion to this? Or is that just who you are always? You were just always more of a tomboy than a, you know, more comfortable in a car than a a catwalk, put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though I loved walking down the catwalk because you still get a huge sense of adrenaline and you're still, you know, and I remember when Alexander McQueen, when he first took over Givenchy and it was, it was quite a controversial thing for the house of Givenchy to, to get Alexander as the, as the head designer. And he asked me to open the first ever show that he did. And so, you know, this was immense anxiety and excitement and everything. Let me everything. stop you there. That, yeah. Is it an yeah, addiction it was... to the actual, then the feeling for both? Because, you know, I'm sure you get the same sort of rush getting into a race car as you do just before you're about 100%. to go down. A, so you're addicted to adrenaline. Yes. But then it's got to, ha- I've got to have a control on it. I can't allow too much adrenaline to be in my body for an anxiety attack to happen, which is fight or flight, which is the release of all of these you know, the, the, the serotonins and the different, I'm not an expert, but you know, that's, that's what releases. So I find if I do it anyway, and I deplete my adrenal gland, then there's no more to put me in a panic when I'm in a supermarket or, you know, I used to get them in a bath and I was, I'm in a, I'm in the most calming situation. The brain is a very wonderful, strange place. I've only, I've had one. I had one when I think I, I was going through that terrible phase when you, well, you know, um, you're divorced as well when you're getting divorced and you're like, am I doing the right thing? And, you know, I know that we're going to go go there in a second anyway, that you have a younger husband or you're engaged to a younger man. I mean, at the time, Jody, I was divorcing my husband after 17 years with a perfectly nice life. And going out with a 24 year old. So it's not, no wonder I was in the middle of a panic attack (laughs) going, what am I doing? You know, everyone's not telling you you're out of your mind. And I remember I was at the hairdresser and I just put all the foils in and um, I didn't know if it was the chemicals or whatever, but I suddenly couldn't breathe. 
And and this hairdresser, by the way, took takes three months to get into. And I, I, she was like, oh, my God, you know, maybe we'll get you to hospital. And I'm like, no, I'm not leaving. Finish the hair. Finish the hair. But uh, I got my doctor on the phone. He's, and he was like, put her on the phone. He said, like, get those chemicals out of her hair now. I ended up in his clinic with a sort of a drip. And I was going, oh, my God. And that was the first experience of it at 40. Well, I guess I was 43. Oh and goodness. it's horrible. Very yeah, it is scary. And, you know, and if you don't know what to do and how to get out of it. And I think, you know, it's interesting, as I, as you said, what triggers them exactly? You know, what part of your and life? I don't know. I, as I said, I've, n- I've never had, I've never, and I've never had one since. I think I had two during my divorce, two. So I think it's, it's a, it's life changes, isn't it? Or life, you know, experiences. I mean, you were so young. Yeah. I mean, mine was, as I said, you know, they're very individual for each person and mine just got into revolving. So my, it was like my body was so used to secreting this adrenaline that it just kind of got in. It was just like, Oh, let's just get rid of it. And then suddenly I'd be doing, you know, the most mundane things and, and get a full blown anxiety attack. So, and I kind of had to wean the brain off from, you know, instead of getting this, panic about the panic, understanding. And as soon as I could understand what was going on. So if I was sitting here and suddenly I, you know, couldn't breathe and the, the palms go, and then you're just going, Oh, it's almost like everything just quietens down. And I could, I could then talk myself through exactly what was going on in my body. And I kind of almost just retrained the, the, my brain to stop being an idiot basically and, you know, through certain techniques and flower remedies and crystals. And, you know, I kind of went everywhere to try and find different remedies that wasn't, you know, me taking pills, walking around like a complete zombie. And I found a lot of those things really did work and still do to this day. I still have crystals everywhere and I still have flower remedies. And, you know, so that's that's my little safety blanket. Do you feel that this sort of lifestyle sort of impacted your your then marriage? You got married at what age? Oh my God, I was quite young. Yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. It all kind of happened all at once. I was getting in a lot because I got so skinny because I was in this horrendous world of darkness and I just didn't know how to get out. And so I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I was getting anxiety and I was still trying to work and I was still trying to have relationships and then I got married and yeah, so it was like all of these things were just, and it was when it came down, the whole thing came down and, and yeah. And, and, you know, and my first marriage and I'm still very good friends with him. I was at, actually at Ascot with him last week or last weekend and was still, but it was very young and, you know, it was kind of one of those moments I met him on the Gumball rally. I mean, as you do. And <laughs> And, you know, and it was wonderful. And he's absolutely fantastic. And he's a good man. And he's very happily married. And I was invited to the wedding. And I love his wife. But it was just too young. And, and you know, I, I love being in love. And I, I, and I always thought that being in love means that you should get married. And I'm kind of like, I've changed my way a bit since then. But that was just young young love that you suddenly realize is just not not quite right. And And, you know, and so we kind of went our went our different ways and and thank goodness because you know we both learned a lot and and we both treasure you know those 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 moments that we had together how did you sort of come out of that because so many people 
sort of can't see a way out and are in that position. And it doesn't yeah. have to be this huge. Was it dramatic at the time or have you always maintained this like with just, you know, very relaxed attitude to, towards it with each other? You didn't have children. So no, yeah. no, we were we were young enough. So we didn't have children. And I don't think any divorce or any end of any relationship is not not dramatic. It's you know, it's always it's always the most horrendous thing is you're ever going through. And, and it really is. You know, it's the end of this path, this, this journey, this, the, you know, it's kind of like the end of the world. But isn't it interesting now when you do feel like it's the end of the world, because we all do every single time and that nothing's going to get better. And then it always does get better. And I think that's so important for women to hear because so many women are trapped in these relationships from, you know, that got married very young, maybe exactly that. How can you possibly know yourself? I'm a completely different person. Mm. You're a completely different person. And they feel like there's nowhere to go because they made this commitment and they, they, you know, they can't move on. And I just want to say that's absolutely fucking rubbish. It's so fucking rubbish. And my, I was always told, and I've got this wonderful lady and she still lives with me and she's not a member of the family, but she brought me up. And she's not as in not blood, but she's like my grandmother and she's 93. And she always used to, she's from the West Country and she was like, oh, Judy, when one door closes, the other one opens like this. And it's so true. And she kept on every time I go, ah, end of the world. She was like, she kept on saying it. And it is so true. It might take a month. It might take a year. It might take five years. But something, life will work its way out and you will then suddenly either really love being on your own and starfishing in bed and not having someone else saying, I want to watch this and I want to eat that and I want to do this. And and I think women very much are, you know, we want a, a, a calm, peaceful life. And so we kind of very much allow the men in our lives to kind of, you know, take control. And I think that's the majority I mean, I've got some really ballsy friends who take control, but the majority of the time, you know, we are abiding to them. And so it's actually really lovely. So I say to anyone that's about to separate or anything, you know, and it's not right and it's 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 becoming destructive and negative and horrible. Do it and then enjoy those moments. You are alone because you suddenly become very comfortable in your own skin and, you know, it might seem terrifying and you might cry 10 times a day and things, but it does get better and it does, life does suddenly fit into place. And it's a massive learning curve. You learn so much about yourself. So how long till you met your now future husband? Gosh, I'm not, I'm terrible. I, after having that great big preaching moment, I'm terrible kind of on my own, but I have spent years on my own even though I sound terrible. So I have learned to really love those times. In younger years, I was quite, quite soon would find, you know, someone you else would, go, yeah. ah, yeah, you look to me, myself. I yeah. love you. I've been there, Jodie. I don't think I ever did yeah. anything on my own. I was useless. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. We all sort of jump and think if we don't, it, I equate it. I just, I've just come up with what it is. Dating is like musical chairs. We've been told that, you know, the pool is small. So if we don't grab one quickly, yeah. the chairs are going. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. So, so I was very much that because I've been married twice and divorced twice. So that was very much between the first two marriages was that exactly. Oh, the second marriage. What happened in the second marriage? So I didn't get that one. Second one was very, not a good person. Yeah. was very, was kind of a bit hoodwinked with that one. I you think it was really... just rebound. No, I was, I was, I wasn't, I was, you know, 
gosh, you know, I hadn't been married to my previous husband. I obviously had some relationships, but no, it was kind of like I, I was working a lot, filming a lot, doing big kind of shows that took me away from home. And he, we got engaged very, very quickly. Like I think we met in September. We were engaged by November. And then literally, if he wanted it his way, we were married, you know, by January. But I had to do kind of back-to-back TV shows. So I was hardly at home. Do you think he liked the glamour? Yeah. And then I married. And then suddenly, I I spent. it was the first time I spent probably more than a week at home. I don't think I'd ever spent that much with him. And then suddenly I was like, oh, God, he's not who I thought. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so that was very quick. And then I was, I mean, I think we were only married for six weeks. And I was like, no way. No, 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 no. Why? So that's actually very interesting because a lot of people sort of get carried away with romance. And, you know, the one thing I did do with Sergio was because he was very like, you know, I love you and this is going to be the rest of my life. And I'm like, look, you have no idea. You've only seen me without my actual like home life. You know, it's very romantic when you're meeting up in New York and going off for dinners. It's quite another thing when you're stuck in the house and you've got three screaming kids, three dogs, a bearded dragon and a hedgehog. So I was Treading, like, getting in poo. Yes, exactly. And you're exactly in bare feet. So I was determined that he was going to meet the children, see that, you know, all the children around. Also, a woman with three children when you're young and mm. that's going to be your life. I wanted him to see what that looked like. So I made sure he could have a quick look at what that would look like first. And I think it's so important to discuss you know, your values, your, you know, what, what you want for the future. And I suppose, and, and if you're traveling and your so your head is so in your game and your job that maybe you're just looking at the superficial things. I think COVID yeah. did that for a lot of people, by the way, suddenly they all had to sit down with their husbands and wives and realize, do we actually have anything in common? Do we have, we have zero in common and actually I don't really like you or, oh my God, I'm married or I'm, my partner is the most amazing person on this planet let's get married. Yeah. I think it did that. or that. <laughs> what was it? It just irritated you. What was it? There was just, no, I did. He was not, not a good, not a good person. Not nice. Yeah. And I just, I didn't see the red flags that were being waved, but as it stands, you know, we're, we've been so busy and very happy and just keep, you know, plodding on together. Do you think that having a younger man is sort of a plus at our age? Or you think it's not about the age, it's about the person? I mean, it's it's complicated because, you know, uh, I've got friends that have older, you know, that have divorced and have, you know, gone on to an older man that might have also been a divorcee and and they're very stable. They know, you know, they're younger. So is having a younger man, is it going to, am I going to get worried when he's 43 and he hasn't got a kid and I'm 50 odd. And suddenly he's like, Oh, I really want a baby. And I'm like on my Zimmer frame. I mean, he's, he's only six years younger than me. I mean, it's you haven't, fr- you don't want to freeze your eggs. Yes. I mean, we can, we can, I have talked about it, but I just haven't, we have just haven't done it yet. It's just been crazy. I mean, it was I've over just done for it. two years. Yes, I know. I know. Cause I kind of watched you uh, document it. Yeah. So I suppose there's that kind of worries, but no, I feel very safe. I feel very, with, I feel very safe with him. And he's a very, even though he's younger, I think with what his job was, you know, he, he had to grow up extremely quickly and was kind of thrust into a very unbelievable career. And so that's made him very black and white, very solid 
very safe, very good, you know, no BS. It's, you know, so, so I, you know, I feel, I feel safe. I love that about you. Well, thank you, Jodie. This has been amazing. And I'm glad you finally found your balance because it's something that we're all definitely searching for. So tell everybody listening where they can find you, how they can buy the book, everything. Oh my goodness. I know. But I mean, at the moment, what am I doing? At the moment, I am, I've got, I'm a car YouTuber, 43 influencer. So I've got a car YouTube channel called Kid in the Sweet Shop. I won't be watching that, but Sergio will. <laughs> yeah, so I'm flat out doing that. I'm also launching a kiddies food brand, which is oh, wow. very exciting, very, very healthy. And it all started from lockdown when the kids went back to school and they said, We're not going to we're not going to have the teachers in to help cook. So can you send them in with packed lunches? So Indeed was like, how many times can I send him in with a ham and cheese sandwich? Yeah. This is all he wants to eat. But he loves my home cooked food. So I got a thermos and I cooked food and I put it in. And this was all through lockdown. There's nothing else to do. And then suddenly coming out and going back to your normal job and going into all the supermarkets and not being able to find, you know, there's loads of baby food and there's kind of Charlie Bingham's, which is a brand here. There's nothing really in between for eight to 18 year olds. So I've started Indio's. That's which amazing. is basically a frozen, frozen, super healthy kids or adults food brand that gets delivered to your door. And then you can just pop it into your heated up, pop it into your thermos, go to work, go to school. And it's all organic, very, very good, really nutritious, yummy, yummy food. So that's literally launching now. So that's keeping, keeping us all. Congratulations. Busy. And the book yeah. is on Amazon's bestseller and yes. list so okay. it's called balance your life balance. six yes. week healthy eating and exercise program to a calmer you and we can find you on instagram at jody kid official a fickle because i'm so dyslexic i couldn't spell official oh god so I'm actually really fickle. That's, that's <laughs> hilarious jody that is quite funny but thank you it's been really really interesting and what an amazing life you've had baby thank you so much for listening to me ramble on and it's lovely to see you and i'm going to definitely pop out to dubai and see you my darling thank you for listening to divorce not dead tune in next wednesday for a new episode Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the the behind-the-scene action. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.